Hey guys, it's Chris here. Um, bit of a different uh, beginning to this episode of the show. Um, shortly after recording this episode with Brant Menzoir, uh, we got the very sad news uh, that his son, Theo, uh, had passed away from cancer. And as a father and a leader myself, um, I just wanted to record a quick message to Brant, um, because I know he's going to listen in uh, on the show, um, just to let him know that uh, his, his, you know, his family is, is with us. Um, that we, uh, we wish we had the opportunity to meet Theo ourselves uh, here at the Upener team. Um, and uh, we wish you all the very best, uh, but always to remember to keep uh, the memory of Theo and the time that you have with him uh, very solidly right there at the forefront of your mind. So um, without further ado, here's the episode uh, between myself and Brandt. It was a very jovial one, which I think Theo would probably have enjoyed tuning in to listen to his old man as well. Let's go. Serving up the strategies you need to build, market and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. So, Brand, welcome to the Youpreneur Podcast, man. Oh, thanks, brother. Long overdue. Been a huge fan of yours for years, so thank you so much for having me. Well, it's good to be here. And we, you know, we were kind of joking here before we hit the record button that um, this should have happened a good while <laughs> yeah. ago based on our mutual friends, which yeah. are, I mean, this is as long as my leg, the list, literally, it's ridiculous. Dude, there's, there's so much going on in your world right now. Um, and particularly with Black Sheep, uh, great book, you guys tuning in, we're going to have a link for this over on the show notes and whatnot. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, for anybody that kind of hasn't discovered you. Yeah. Your background is incredible as a musician, kind of rock and blues and you and me, like that's a jam session ready and wait, I'll bring the harmonica. You bring yes. the guitar, You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, Love it's it. going to be great. But um, give us the, the little kind of the, the bite-sized bio here a little bit for those maybe who haven't heard of you already. So I spent 20 years in the music business, uh, two different bands, two different record deals, uh, just really fortunate to be able to tour the world and, and make a living at it for, for almost 20 years. Yeah. And uh, it, in 2012, my oldest son got sick uh, with cancer. And so I had to pivot. I had to find something to do. But during that time, uh, I had made some really horrible decisions based sort of in an emotional tornado of, of the situation right. and uh, beat myself up over those decisions for years and sort of came out of that with some real discoveries that I think not just helped me sort of pull out of it, but could help other people uh, when they face these tough situations in their life. And so that's sort of what led me to transfer from one stage to another. So I, I went from rocking out in these, these, you know, 10,000 person festivals to uh, these corporate events where, where now I'm doing these uh, conferences and speaking and uh, trying to help people pull apart things that are really important distractions from their non-negotiables. I love this. And I talk about non-negotiables all the time. Uh, for the last, I think, five years now, I've run in, at the beginning of December, I've run my Plan Your Perfect Year Masterclass. And part of that, we actually break down what your three big non-negotiables are for the coming year. Uh, and it's always a bit of a 
aha moment, if I'm to be honest, like for everyone on, oh, really? Like, wait a minute, I need to put in a rule for that, like other than just set goals? Oh, yeah, because if you want to hit the goals, the non-negotiables need to be in place as well, right? Um, so when did the idea then come along for the book, full title for you guys tuning in, Black Sheep, Unleash the Extraordinary or Inspiring Undiscovered You? When did the... Um, and just this is I geek yeah. out over this stuff from one author mm-hmm. to another, and we also just found out that we both worked with page two on the on our books as well, which is great. Um, when did the idea come for, for this? Two and a half years ago, okay. uh, believe it or not, I, at that time I was forty seven years old and learned for the very first time the real reason why farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock. And when I, when I sort of learned the truth, it put me back on my heels so much that uh, I literally ended up writing a book about it. So, so, so why tr- is it? I do not know this myself. So let me know. Yeah. So the truth is the reason that farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock is because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. Oh, of course. Okay. It, right. it cannot be made into something it wasn't meant to be. So in effect, every black sheep is 100% authentically original. And so when I heard that, I was like, that's literally my life's goal is just to be that, you know, unique, authentic, original that I was created to be. And we've demonized this idea of being a black sheep for hundreds of years. And in reality, for myself, I realized that I possessed what I call a flock of five, these, these five non-negotiable black sheep values. And these are these values that no matter how much someone wants to try to influence or twist or change you, they simply will not be moved like a black sheep's wool. Okay. This is good. So I, if you don't mind, I want to break these down a little bit. Um, these five core values. So, so give us a overview real quick of all five, and then let's, let's dive a little deeper in each of them one by one, if that's cool. Sure. So the idea is to discover what yours are and everyone has a different flock, sure. right? So for me, for my, my flock, I actually have six and I, I joke that uh, you can't be a rock star for 20 years and not do things to excess. So I needed an extra value in, in my quiver. You're just an overachiever basically, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just is what it, listen, it is what it is. And so, you know, so my flock, my flock is creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, and authenticity. Every decision I make in my life gets filtered through those six things. And they either honor those things or they violate those things. And for myself, I learned that to make a good decision, and, and this is an interesting thing when we define what a good decision actually is, but it as a control freak, it shocked me to learn that I don't control outcomes. <laughs> And as I, as I sort of understood that the best that I could hope for is the deliberate intention that goes into making a decision. But unless my name was Gandalf or Glinda, I don't have the power to control outcomes. And so I was like, here, here's, here's what it is. So a good decision is born from these black sheep values. It sort of grabs every ounce of fact you can get your hands on in a moment. And finally, it honors what you're feeling in the moment. And if you do those three things, you've made a good decision regardless of the outcome. And so I had to discover what these were so that I could speak them into existence. I had to program them into my day. So when you look at my calendar and you see your name for for today and, and this session, you would see things next to it that say impact, 
hope, and creativity, because those are the three things I'm bringing to the table today on purpose. I'm going to speak those things into existence. I'm not going to wait for an accident or hope that there's a moment that I might be able to interject something. No, I'm actually showing up with the deliberate intention of speaking those things into this conversation. And it's that living my life that way has has transformed what's possible in in literally a, a few short years. So this is really interesting. So you've got my name on your calendar. You've got those three of your six core values as a focus for you to bring to this conversation. Does this go a kind of beyond work and the calendar? Is it just this? Because I know obviously you're a dad like myself. I mean, is it is it you know, playtime of the Lego as well, or, yeah. you know, when you're at the park getting beaten up by a kid, you know, like that sort of stuff, <laughs> like, yeah, this is hope and creation right here kind of thing. Like, you yeah. know, like, does that, yeah. does it, is it all aspects of your life or is it just focused in on the business stuff? No, it's all, it's every aspect. And what I'll tell you is that, you know, when you first start this sort of idea of programming values into your day, right? I call it feeding your sheep. You've got to feed your sheep every day. Sure. Um, if, if you don't, you know, I, I, the, the people that I have coached, I say, if you come to me and say, hey, I had a really good day today, Chris, I fed four of my five sheep. I'm going to tell you that's an awful day, right? You would never come to me and go, hey, Brian, I had a great day. I fed four of my five kids today. <laughs> you know, that, that's not a good day. And, and in the same light, we have to feed these values, all of them every single day. It doesn't mean they get the same amount of food. Some might get a seven course meal and others might get table scraps, but all of them get something every day. And and that's what deliberate intention actually looks like. It's the difference between being intentional and acting with deliberate intention. And so the more that you do it, you know, I've been doing this since January, 2019. So the more that you do it, you find it just becomes organic. It becomes part of the decision making process. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. So let's break these down then. Core value number one, what, what should we be looking at? So for myself, for myself, um, you know, I discovered that creativity was, was one of mine. And, and the way that it works is, you know, we have an assessment that we built that goes along with the book and you can go online and you can, uh, take the assessment. It's free. Uh, it's about a 10 minute long, uh, journey for yourself. It's at findyourblacksheep.com. Simply click on find your flock. And, and what it does is this, it presents you with 125 commonly held personal core values. And it says sort of in a knee jerk reaction, go ahead and read through these uh, words and any word that resonates with you, you go, oh gosh, I like that word. Go ahead and select it. What we know after 5,000 plus people taking this assessment is that the average person says that there's at least 30 of those values that are really important to them, right? And so my first question in that in that case is, tell me what crippling depression and anxiety feels like because you've set yourself up for failure. There is no way you are going to be able to honor 30 plus different things on a daily basis, but human nature is going to make you try. And even if you did 29 out of 30, if you're like me, you focus on the one that got away and you're going to beat yourself up over not being able to be perfect. And, and because of that, um, we allow things like anxiety and depression and, and guilt and all of these other feelings come into play. And so what we do is we say, let's take that subset. So let's say you selected 30 plus words. We're going to take that subset and we're going to break it into five different buckets. 
And each bucket is based on likeness. So you'll have things like empathy, sympathy, caring for others that goes in one bucket. You've got things like achievement, success, uh, accountability that goes in another bucket. And you start taking all your words and gathering them together. And after you've separated them into five buckets, you get to pick what's the one word per bucket that is your non-negotiable that gets pulled down and starts your flock. So you end with five non-negotiable black sheep values. After, gosh, these 5,000 people plus that have taken this, I can tell you that what we know for sure is in those moments, two or three of what you initially settle on as your black sheep values, two or three of them are 100% real. You can give me 20 different examples over the course of your life as to why you chose them. But we also know that two or three of them are complete fabricated BS. They are either who you want to be, Mm. who somebody told you you should be, or um, if you're like many of us, you're caring for someone else's sheep. And some of us have been conditioned to do that over the course of our, maybe you grew up caring for siblings or an elderly parent or grandparent, and it's just in your DNA. You grew up caring for other people's sheep. And so there's some work to be done to separate things that are your non-negotiables from these important distractions that can creep into our life. This is, I mean, so this can get, by the sound of it here, um, here we are right at the beginning of this whole thing. I mean, this can get quite deep. (laughs) I mean, it's genuine soul-searching stuff we're talking about here. This is what Maslow would call peak experiences, right? So you, you, you go to your peak experiences. There, there are a couple different ways to find what I call your black sheep values. One of them is to dig back into your life through, through both events that shaped you um, that were good and bad, right? Because sometimes these non-negotiable values are formed from horribly negative experiences. And so that can be a painful uh, journey that, mm-hmm. that requires courage and vulnerability and all those things that, that are uncomfortable. And so what we tried to do with this book is I tried to make it, um, can can you take an an easy toe, dip that toe into the pool to start this conversation? Because this assessment is not going to tell you the absolute truth. It's going to start a conversation that's going to lead you to what I hope ends up being the absolute truth. Okay. So creativity is your first black sheep value. That's that's mine, right? So what's your second? I'm curious to know what your second is. It's hope. Right. Okay. So, so the idea with these, when I got down the, the way that this works in the coaching program that, that um, we run people through, it's a five week program and they sort of start by taking the assessment, right. And they go, okay, here's what I believe uh, are my non-negotiable values. And one of the things I tell everyone is when you have, uh, you know, when you have proof, you don't need belief. And so we have to find proof that these are indeed your black sheep values and not someone else's. So they, they do what I call counting sheep. They spend two weeks tracking these values every night before they go to bed. They have a little workbook they use and they go through their day and they look for evidence that these values organically appeared on their own. And if they have found them, they notate how many times they, they came up, what was the scenario and who was it with. And at the end of a week, we have a, a bunch of data to look at and go, okay, So uh, out of the five that I told you were my non-negotiable values, three of them showed up every day, multiple times a day. They look really good. Uh, One of them showed up a few times um, in these very specific circumstances. and, And this one over here really didn't show up at all. And so we have to dive in and look at why that is the case. 
And what we often find is it's one of two things. One is they drilled down too narrow to a, uh, a value that is too focused, right? And so what I mean by that is sometimes people will tell me, um, look, faith, community, and family are three of my non-negotiable values. And I would look at them and I would argue that none of those are your actual black sheep values. The value is connection. And you just gave me three really powerful ways that you experience connection on a daily basis. But if you put, let's just say you put community down as one of your non-negotiables and you're in the middle of a global pandemic and can't engage with the community anywhere, does that mean that it's not a value? No. So, so that's why we have to level up. See, these values exist in a hierarchy. And so we have to level up to the value that is the largest umbrella to encompass these examples, these experiences that you have that would allow you to engage with it. And so in those cases, we level up to a larger value that includes the one that you drilled down too far to, mm. uh, or the other one is you're sabotaging yourself. There's a reason why you're not letting it happen. And, and it's not uncommon for that to be the case. Why do you feel, let's take another direction on this then, because I, I think that this is important to kind of dive into a little bit more on that last point. Why do you think particularly, like I've, I've even come across it myself through the coaching that we do is sure. people who have got like ridiculous, ridiculous experience under the belt. We're doing 10, 12, 15 years of experience helped, you know, let's say for example, that somebody in the financial business, for example, they've helped their clients make, you know, collectively millions and millions of dollars over this career. Yet they sit there with imposter syndrome and like you say, self-sabotaging, you know, their future opportunities um, by double guessing that, you know, double guessing themselves and say, well, maybe I'm not good enough anymore. I'm at this point yeah. in my career. Why, why do we self-sabotage? I mean, why, why is that even a thing? Do you think? Uh, so I believe that we self-sabotage because we haven't done the work to discover what makes us who we are. Uh, when you own these values, when you realize that these are truly your non-negotiables, and when I say non-negotiable, I mean, that means no. That means if somebody asked you to do something that was going to violate that value, the answer is no. And right. it's no with no guilt. It's no with no nothing. I mean, yeah. it, it's just the answer that it is. And a lot of us confuse things that are really important for non-negotiables. And when we do that and we don't take the time to separate, then there's always a question because we haven't truly owned them. We think we know, but we don't actually know. So when I did this, I used to have, and listen, I used to have imposter syndrome a lot, right? And, and, and even as a rock star, you know, you get out in front of these crowds and you've got all the swagger and you're, you're Mick Jaggering it to, to the cows come home, but you're trying to do everything you can to present yourself in this way. But, you know, another band shows up, another singer who, who's got an incredible voice or a guitar player who's got an incredible chops. It's like, you know, it puts you right back to this. Am I good enough? And when I realized that, um, I had to define these things and own these things. So I know what makes me that original, the unique original. What I realized is when you discover these things, you understand you're one of a kind. And when you understand you're one of a kind, one of a kind things have no competition. And so why would I have this, this imposter syndrome if I'm truly one of a kind? Until you understand what makes you one of a kind, you're going to experience imposter syndrome uh, to the nth degree. Mm. And so 
when I discovered what my things were, you know, we talked earlier before, um, in 2019, uh, an article came out from, from Washington Speakers Bureau that, that put me on this list of the top motivational speakers in the country with people like Amy Cuddy and Magic Johnson and, you know, uh, Jack Nicholas and these incredible people. And I, at that, my initial reaction was massive imposter syndrome because these are heroes of mine, right? I'm like, gosh, why am I on this list? It's taken me a year to really own this. But what I've realized, Chris, is that me doing the work to truly discover what my non-negotiable values are is just as rare as Jack Nicholas winning 18 majors. It's just as rare as Magic Johnson having a Hall of Fame career or Amy Cuddy doing her amazing work at Harvard. The, the, the idea that I have discovered in my research, it's less than 1%. Less than 1% of us have actually done the work to be able to go, here are my five non-negotiables. Here's my purpose statement based on those non-negotiables. And it's why I get up every day. There are so few of us that have done it. It is an incredible competitive advantage for those that choose to do. So this is really, I mean, like at the core of this, it, the message is uh, watch out for self-doubt kind of thing. Like Self-doubt, it becomes incredibly manageable <laughs> when, when you, listen, if I had to worry about 30 things a day, my life is, is a tornado. But if I can only focus on the five non-negotiables, it's totally manageable. And I rarely get overwhelmed these days. This is good stuff. Okay. So, so you get onto this list um, with Matt and I'm a big hoops guy. So I, I'm yeah. like, Probably the most un-British British guy you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> <laughs> like literally all my favorite artists, all American. I'm a, my, I'm a hoops guy. I can't stand football or soccer as you guys call it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you get on this list with magic. I mean, we're talking about no look past Magic Johnson here. Like this guy is a living legend. Not only did he do everything he's done, obviously, in, in, the, in the game of basketball, but... Mm. He's lived and continues to live an incredible life with HIV, one of the most prominent figures with HIV that sort of come out with this. I mean, like the, the massive, massive amount of impact that he's had in the world and you make the list with him. <laughs> Man, <laughs> this is just like, if that had happened to me, I would be second guessing it as well. Uh, listen, this is uh, uh it, it like, was listen, it, listen to me <laughs> it, it was it was a moment that i am like i literally I, I we laughed about it. i thought i had like a hacker friend that that's that broke into this list and stuck my picture over somebody else's face and uh somehow got my bio in there but um you know <laughs> it's it's one of those things that um the rarity of a career like, like Magic Johnson mm. um, is also attainable for those of us that aren't superstar athletes. You know, um, uh, there, whether you're the, the, this entrepreneur who is trying to start his or her organization, whatever that looks like, you still have the ability to leave that legacy. And, and that legacy comes from, I'm just going to say this as frankly as I can from owning your shit and yes. making sure that you figure it out to the point where people start to realize what made you different was you had these non-negotiable things that were your guiding light. And, and for myself, 
you know, I'm sure you've experienced this. You write a book, you, you want everything you can possibly get into that book, right? And so I, I, the book is done. Uh, it comes out, I'm doing this, I have a launch group of 40 people that we're going to launch the book with. And one of them comes to me and she's a good friend. Her name is Marlena. And she says, Hey, did you know that sheep recognize the voice of their shepherds? And I'm like, Oh, don't, don't tell me that, that if that's the truth, it's going to piss me off so much. Cause that should be, in, if that's not in the book and if it's true, it's going to be really, really a problem. It's good. I'm going to have so, to live with this situation yeah. every day for the rest of my, I can the expanded right. edition is already like whirling around, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And so, so I have to research this. So I, so I dig in and I do the research and what I discover is it's, it's actually partially true. So the truth is that sheep recognize the voice of, of the person that feeds them, but sheep have extreme, uh, extremely short-term memory, right? So the, uh, the idea here of, of what this whole process of these black sheep values are, and, and this is why I believe it becomes just as rare as someone like a Magic Johnson. The goal is for us to feed all of these black sheep values every single day so that they recognize our voice when we call and need them. Mm. When I need creativity, when I need hope, when I need you know, impact or empathy, I need those things to recognize my voice because I'm feeding them every single day. And so what gives me the confidence, what gives me the swagger to be able to stand next to someone who's you know, six, nine and uh, has had this incredible career uh, is is knowing that I am doing something that hardly anyone else is doing. Mm. And when I do it right, they are there for me when I need them. And I am living my life with a level of deliberate intention that separates me from 99% of other people on the planet. And it's why I need to figure these things out and separate my non-negotiables from somebody else's. Because if I'm actually caring for someone else's sheep, Guess who also shows up looking for food when I'm calling for somebody else? So uh, these other distractions start to come into my life and they're like, well, what about me? And I'm like, it's not about you. (laughs) It's about me. And I need to focus on this. And if I feed my sheep first, I will happily share what's left over with whoever needs it. But I have to make sure that I take care of me. And when I do that, it expands what I can do for others. And at the end of the day, that's the legacy I want to leave. I love this. This is great, man. Oh, man, what a great conversation. So um, to kind of wrap up here a little bit uh, yeah. and, and, and to kind of maybe put the thousands of people to tune into the show every week. Um, yeah kind of like on a path here. Here's the thing. I've been harping on about being uniquely you, leaning into your uniqueness, charge what you're worth. When you build the business of you, it's 100% original. This is why you and me, I just know are going to be fast friends here. We're speaking the same language, literally. Yes. But when it comes to particularly this this black sheep philosophy of these core values, what's one thing that the people listening to this right now can today at some point sit down with a cup of tea or whatever and work on to help them start them on this journey, so to speak. 
I'm going to give them a really fun way to engage and start this conversation. Do I want, I want your listeners to think of their favorites and they can pick favorite movie, favorite song, favorite food, but just think of something that's one of their favorites. And, and they have to understand there's a reason we have favorites, right? The reason we have favorites is our head and our heart connect. And when our head and our heart connect, it engages our limbic brain, which is where all of our emotional long-term memory is stored. It's why you remember things like your favorite song lyrics, right? It's why I remember the lyrics to Purple Rain 30 years after it was written and why I can't remember a single Justin Bieber lyric from today, right? Oh, drop that mic and, and piss off some another thing we've got in common. <laughs> <laughs> And so the idea is this, start thinking through, I always recommend people start with their favorite movie, right? Start with your favorite movie. Ask yourself, what's the theme of the movie? What is it about that movie that really resonates with you? I give the, I have them give me a 30 second synopsis. Tell me what the 30 second synopsis is. So write down what you think the synopsis of the movie is and start looking for these breadcrumbs that lead you back to the values that you actually oh, uh, identify with and resonate with. That's that what I would do. Super easy. So easy. So good. My favorite movie is Enter yeah. the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Oh, I'm a big Bruce guy. Are you kidding me right now? You might. Just, there's a little statue like in the separate. background here on top of my my British fridge over here. That's Listen, Bruce right there. I have. I still have a scar on my head from after seeing that movie as a kid and buying nunchucks that I shouldn't have bought. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, for you guys listening, you? you don't you don't know what's going on right now. We're literally showing each other our nunchucks scars on right our here. Dude, I almost I was, well, how old were you when you how old because I, I gotta feel like I'm I'm 48, you're how old? 49. Okay, so yeah. we clearly were from the same era and everything. So <laughs> I saw that I saw that movie for the first time when I was 12 years old. It was the summer holidays. I was giving it to uh to me on um Betamax. Betamax? Yeah, Betamax. And I just crushed the cassette. I watched it so many times in those six weeks, it was ridiculous. And um you know, to, to talk about the breadcrumbs, why is it my yeah. favorite movie? Well, you know, Bruce, super small guy, five seven, you know, little Chinese dude comes in and just basically kicks ass. I was a skinny yep. little runt as well, so I automatically uh, yeah. connected with that. Um, yeah, versus evil, who doesn't connect with that, right? Right, uh, avenge right. the death of his sister. Oh my god, mm-hmm. let's keep going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera right? So, yes. Um, I loved all that stuff. And, you know, there you go. I just did the exercise right there on the, on the show with everybody. And, you, you know, why is it my favorite? Because of all those reasons. But mainly the one reason why I love that movie still so much to this day, and I don't know how many times I've seen it. Like it's, it's well over 100 times now. Yeah. Maybe even 200, actually. Yeah. Why do I still love the movie now? Everything from... That, that uproaring opening theme that it opens up with right the way down to Bruce walking through the, uh, you know, the courtyard with all these bodies laying around where good has finally defeated evil at the end of the movie. And, oh my God. So right. good. And, or, or at the end when he's in the mirrored room and he's got all these reflections of himself yes. and this idea of, of what's happening. There's so many metaphors in oh, that. Yeah. It's just insane. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Love yeah. It. Well, there you go, guys. I just did the exercise. There's no reason why you can't do that as well. Start breaking it down. Pick up a copy of Black Sheep as well. We're going to link to that and the assessment as well in the show notes, youpreneur.com forward slash 421. 
Um, be sure to follow Brant on uh, social, give him some love, tell him where you heard about him. And uh, dude, brother, clearly, not only with this conversation vastly, horrifically overdue, but um, I kind of feel like we've become blood brothers pretty much automatically <laughs> here. This is crazy. I'm ready to jump on a plane once this pandemic is over. Yes. There you go. All you right, man. It. Well, look, uh, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for taking time. Um, cannot wait for my guys to get into Black Sheep. It's a great read yeah. and uh, just appreciate you taking some time, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. All right. For everyone else tuning in, like I said, show notes, links, everything else, youpreneur.com forward slash four, two, one. We'll be back at you again soon. Between now and then, by the way, go watch Enter the Dragon if you ain't watched that movie because it's, it's ridiculously good. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it sincerely. You know, if you are interested in potentially working with me to be able to build your business in a smart, savvy manner that really does truly set you up for future-proofing yourself and obviously building a profitable business, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a direct message on Instagram at Chris Ducker with the word podcast and I'll know exactly where you've come from. And that for me is more important than anything else because if I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help you get to where you want to be. Thanks very much again for tuning in. I appreciate you. We'll see you again soon.